Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Tuesday, July 20th, 2021. Let's take a look at today's charts. At number one, we got BTC going down 1.68% at $30,871.03. Ethereum at number two, $1,828.07, down 4.3%. Uh, Tether at number three, $1. Binance Coin, $286.04, down 5.11%. Cardano at number five, $1.13, down 4.06%. USD coin number six, $1. XRP number seven, 56 cents, down 3.22%. Dogecoin at number eight, 17 cents, down 4.90%. Polkadot at number nine, $11.64, down 6.55%. And last, number 10, Binance USD, $1. So pretty much all red across the board. Uh, let's take a look at the crypto fear and greed index. Extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried. That could be a buying opportunity. When investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So today we got extreme fear at 24. Yesterday was extreme fear at 19. Last week was extreme fear at 25. And last month, extreme fear at 23. So uh, are you going to be buying the dip or are you guys going to weigh this uh, down? Let me know and comment down below. Let's take a look at the table of contents. We got six articles. Uh, article one is Grayscale sets sites on institutional DeFi fund. Article two, how crypto processing is changing the payment sector and why the industry is integrating DeFi. Article number three, Cardano, the cause for its current downtrend may be surprising. Article four, it hasn't been this easy to mine Bitcoin since January 2020. Article 5, ARK buys $53.6 million worth of Square after Jack Dorsey's Bitcoin announcement. And today's main topic is Ethereum crash. You can't unsee this chart. All right. So before we get into the articles, I just want to say welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Uh, thank you for joining me on this journey about cryptocurrency news and updates. I will try to give you the most unbiased news outlets out there. So some of the stories that I will be talking about are for cryptocurrency and some are going to be against cryptocurrency. But I hope that you do your due diligence and you guys just research what you want, what you can, so that you can make an informed decision. Uh, if you are listening to me on the podcast, just try to catch me on Apple, Spotify, or Google podcast and leave a rating or leave a review and that will help the channel. If you're on the YouTube space, uh, just check me out at Dave's Daily Crypto Take and like, share, and subscribe so that you can get uh, notifications about when my next updates will be on. So again, thank you so much for all the support. Let's get into it. Article number one. Grayscale set sites on institutional DeFi fund. Grayscale Investments is set to float a fund targeting blue chip assets in the decentralized finance space. Michael Sondheim, CEO of digital asset management giant Grayscale, has announced a new investment vehicle for the firm targeted at decentralized finance DeFi assets. Sondheim announced Grayscale's planned DeFi fund and index during an appearance on CNBC's Squawk Box, detailing the purpose of the new product. The Grayscale CEO said the fund would offer exposure to DeFi assets such as Uniswap and Aave for its institutional clients. Uh, 
According to the Grayscale chief, the decision to create a DeFi fund, the firm's 15th crypto investment product, was due to the growing interest in popular crypto assets in the decentralized finance space. With institutional interest in crypto showing signs of diversification away from only Bitcoin, both Ether and DeFi assets are reportedly beginning to come up in the conversation. Back in April, Cointelegraph reported that DeFi money markets were increasingly becoming more appealing to institutional investors. With more regulated entities entering the DeFi space comes increased talk of regulations for the niche crypto market sector. Some industry stakeholders even say greater regulatory clarity is required for the DeFi space to interact with the real-world assets. Commenting on other institutional investment possibilities for crypto, Sonnenschein stated that a Bitcoin exchange-traded fund ETF approval in the United States will eventually happen. As previously reported by Cointelegraph, the Grayscale CEO remarked that the market was a couple of points of maturation away from seeing an approved ETF. Indeed, Grayscale is reportedly working with BNY Mellon toward converting its Bitcoin trust to a Bitcoin ETF. According to Sonnenschein, the crypto asset manager is 100% committed to turning its flagship BTC, GBTC product into a Bitcoin ETF. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has yet to approve any Bitcoin ETF in the country. Earlier in July, the SEC pushed back its decision on Wisdom Tree's Bitcoin ETF application. So there you guys have it. Grayscale set sites on institutional DeFi fund. Let me know what you think about the article and comment down below. Let's look at article two. How crypto processing is changing the payment sector and why the industry is integrating DeFi. Last year, the CEO of one of the largest payments in the world, PayPal, Dan Schulman, said that crypto payments would go mainstream. And it looks like the experts' predictions are coming true. Recent research by Wirex and the Stellar Development Foundation proves that the cryptocurrency payments represent a viable alternative to traditional payment solutions. Bitcoin is uh, discussed with Coin's paid CEO Max Krupshiv, current trends of the sector, how it will develop in the future, and whether there is a chance for Bitcoin to become a full-fledged means of payment. On the adoption and popularization of cryptocurrency as a means of payment, in 2020 and 2021, the cryptocurrency market has reached a certain maturity. First, the sector's capitalization exceeded $1 trillion for the first time, overtaking the world's most expensive company, Apple, in asset value. Secondly, we are witnessing a serious interest in digital means of payment from state governments and even commonwealths. For example, the EU leadership has already raised the topic of studying digital currency and is considering creating its CBDC, the digital euro. PayPal's announcement about adding the option of paying with cryptocurrencies made a splash in the market. They started talking about cryptocurrencies as a full-fledged means of payment. Nevertheless, for the possibility of crypto functioning on a global scale, it was necessary to create a specific legal framework and develop technological solutions allowing to accept payments in digital currencies. The advantages of payments in cryptocurrencies are obvious. Transfer speed, low transaction costs, and the complete exclusion of intermediaries. As a result, crypto is essentially a revolutionary product with the potential to completely overhaul the financial system. 
the classical banking industry was initially reluctant to implement payments in crypto for several reasons, including many unscrupulous players at the initial stage of the market formation, lack of understanding of the technology itself, and a lack of ready-made solutions for making payments in crypto. But the market continued to evolve, creating new products and gaining more and more popularity. Finally, at some point, we grew to the stage where the penetration of digital assets into traditional payment systems became irreversible. So crypto payments and crypto processing business case. Today, you can buy luxury real estate, yachts, airplanes, and cars using cryptocurrencies. Even Elon Musk's rejection of Bitcoin as a means of payment did not affect the recognition of digital assets as a payment unit. This trend will continue in coming years more and more, and companies will use cryptocurrency as a means of payment. So on the future of cryptocurrency payments, well, the crypto payments market will continue to develop further. New products and solutions will appear, and society will gradually get used to new payment units. One of the market growth factors is the entry into the crypto market of large financial companies, PayPal, Visa, and others. The statements of the companies of the first echelon of the financial market about the start of working with crypto instruments serve as a signal that the traditional financial market is changing and crypto products have already become an integral part of it. So about DeFi products, the DeFi niche continues to evolve. As of July 1st, the volume of funds blocked in DeFi protocols was $100 billion. Along with the popularity of the sector, so does the popularity of IDO. Coins paid, mainly focusing on crypto processing solutions, recently announced that the launch of the DeFi product and start of an IDO, Max Krupchev, comments on the reasons for the decision of the company. So... Let me know what you think about this, how crypto processing is changing the payment sector and why the industry is integrating DeFi. Comment down below and let me know what you think about decentralized finance. Do you think it's the way of the future or do you think we still need to do the traditional way of banking? All right, let's look at article three. Cardano, the cause for its current downtrend may be surprising. So. While it is usually assumed that an asset's price dictates the market sentiment, some interesting observations challenge that notion. These metrics show how neither the price action nor the potential of the coin's network dictates the coin's performance. It's the holders. Cardano's fall due to sentiment. It indeed is, call it FUD, or the concern among investors related to Bitcoin's price action. This seemed to be determining how ADA moves. Social sediment commanded its volume instead of the price. When charted on the 30-day simple moving averages, it becomes apparent that sediment was driving the inflows and outflows of this altcoin. The reason why volume is the focus is that when the 30-day SMA is placed on the price action, it does not fit the pattern. Whereas social volumes, average sediment, and total positive sediment all match the pattern that volume registered. A closer look reveals the same, although there was some difference in their movements at the beginning of the year, but the difference has since become almost negligible. This is so because the April-May hike and the volumes during the following time period of the crash and social sentiment have a suspicious correlation. Somehow, even before the volumes rose, all three social metrics were already moving up. While the sentiment was at its all-time high, 
volumes were still following with a difference of 24 hours. Similarly, when these metrics failed quickly, so did the volumes. The price action once again had nothing to do with this since even before all-time highs. These metrics were following Cardano's volumes. Their movement only became close-knit post the hike. So what about the network? Well, the network surprisingly has nothing to do with ADA's market movement either. Despite developer activity being at its lowest of 2021 in May, the volumes were still high. Similarly, despite a strong development activity at this point, price and volumes were both down. Additionally, because of this, transaction volumes have been down significantly, and so were the active addresses. Both these metrics are in a way the sum of trading volumes and social sentiment, and this is why they were low as well. So if you're a Cardano investor and have been looking for an answer as to why ADA is performing terribly, one of the reasons can be attributed to investor sentiment. So comment down below and let me know what you think about the cause for its current downtrend may be surprising. And let me know if you actually hold Cardano inside your portfolio, because we don't know if Cardano is still going to keep on going down or if it's going to bounce back up. Comment down below and let me know what you think. Okay, uh, I'd like to take a break and just want to say thank you so much for everyone that's been listening so far. I've been looking at the analytics of the podcast uh, field, and I've seen a lot of viewers and a lot of listeners actually uh, listening in, but not subscribing. So if you can, on the YouTube space and podcast, please subscribe so it does help me and the channel and gets you more updates and news on a timely fashion. Because again, I'll be doing unbiased news every day so that everyone can get a taste of for crypto and against crypto so that you can make that informed decision. So again, please subscribe because I will be making videos and doing podcasts every day. Thank you so much. All right, uh, let's keep on going to round two. So article four, it hasn't been this easy to mine Bitcoin since January 2020. Bitcoin's mining difficulty has yet another downward adjustment with 4.81% decline over the weekend. It has now been revised to 13.67 trillion. Network data shows that this is the lowest point in 18 months since January 2020, and that's it's down 45% from its recent high of 25.05 trillion that held through the two weeks between May 13 and 30. It follows the largest ever network difficulty ease recorded on July 3, which saw a plunge of nearly 28%. This also marks the fourth consecutive drop of Bitcoin's mining difficulty since China's systematic crackdown on Bitcoin miners that started in May 21. The last time when the network's mining difficulty recorded negative adjustments for more than four times in a row was in 2011. As a result, for every terahashes per second of computing power that is running on a network, the 24-hour mining results in theory have jumped up to around 0.00000931 Bitcoin. That being said, the drop rate over the weekend has slowed down as the network's hash rate has stabilized over the past two weeks, showing signs that it's on a slow recovery. The block's data dashboard shows Following China's crackdown orders, local miners have accelerated their migration process that already started before the crackdown to overseas regions like Russia, Kazakhstan, and North America. So comment down below and let me know what you think about this hasn't been this easy to mine Bitcoin since January 2020. 
Are you a Bitcoin miner? Do you have your home rig down in the basement? Comment down below and let me know if you do or if you're actually thinking about it in the near future. Okay, Article 5. ARC buys $53.6 million worth of Square after Jack Dorsey's Bitcoin announcement. ARC bought another 225,937 shares of Square on the same day that Dorsey announced Square's new focus on DeFi with Bitcoin. A subscription to ARC's invest trade notifications has revealed a huge purchase of Square shares just after Jack Dorsey's announcement about building DeFi on Bitcoin. 179,644 shares of Square were added to ARK Invest ARK ETF, and another 42,273 shares were added to the ARK W ETF. The cumulative purchase comes to 225,937 new shares of Square, worth around $53.6 million. ARK Invest made these investments on the same day that Jack Dorsey announced that a new division of Square would focus on developing DeFi using Bitcoin. On Friday, Dorsey sent out a tweet that said that Square would create a new division that would focus on making decentralized and non-custodial financial services using Bitcoin. Later that day, the subscription to ARK's trade showed that it had acted on the information and acquired a significant amount of Square's shares. ARK Invest investments over the last few weeks have shown a deepening bet on the overall crypto industry. On Friday, the firm purchased another 64,000 shares of Coinbase as well. ARK has added nearly half a million shares of coin across two ETFs in the last month. The recent investment represents a level of confidence in the market and a move to benefit from the recent overdownturn. Since late April, Bitcoin has dropped over 50%, taking other cryptos and crypto-related businesses with it. While some fear an even deeper drop for the market could be around our corner, others like Kathy Wood and ARK Invest are taking full advantage of lower prices. So let me know what you think about ARK buying $53.6 million worth of Square after Jack Dorsey Bitcoin announcement. Do you support Square? Do you support Bitcoin? Let me know and comment down below because I think Jack Dorsey is an advocate for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in a whole. Okay, let's take a look at the main topic today. It is called Ethereum crash. You can't unsee this chart. So I always believe in keeping one's investing and trading as simple as possible. If you can draw on one obvious line, then you are in a good shape. You don't have to know the outcome of the direction just that the move will be big because then you just jump on it when the move is clear. As soon as you start drawing lines all over your chart, you are dealing with noise and noise is randomness and hard to make directional money from. So here we have Ethereum in an obvious setup. We are at the brink of a big jump or a very nasty leg down towards capitulation. I'm a bear, so you can guess what I think what happens next, but I actually, I can imagine a classic W from here. And I try not to be wedded to my stance, so I'm prepared to see it happen. Because situations can change dramatically whether or not you're bullish or bearish. Flexibility aside, I am not expecting a meaningful bounce and a resumption of the crypto moon shoot in the near or medium term. In any event, this should be a case of trading what you see. 
As an investor, I can foresee and forswear a $1,000 upside because I'm expecting a continuation of the crypto crash, and I'm expecting levels around $1,000 before long. I also think a break will be a lot more definitive than a bounce. In summary, I'm expecting the price to break down through this level and head off quickly towards $1,000. A breakthrough and breakdown at this level creates an extremely likely continuation towards $1,000. While bulls will be watching for the classic W-shaped recovery, that in my eyes could easily disappoint. I think the global markets are about to experience a cash squeeze in the wider economy where long bond yields fall and short-term interest rates rise and liquidity tightens. This will come from inflation fears creating a risk-off environment. This won't help crypto at all. As crypto is an ultra-risk on trade as in any correction in the stock market will suck margin call money out of the crypto back into the world of fiat. That could deal with the final leg of the crash to crypto, which is in any event is coming, catalyst or no. Here's a comparative of 2017 to 2018 versus now. It's not a pretty sight, but the end of the cycle is the beginning of the next, and that too will be glorious. So let me know what you think about Ethereum crash. You can't unsee this chart. Do you think the 2017, 2018 is similar to what's going to happen in 2021? Comment down below and let me know what you think. Additionally, comment down below if you actually hold Ethereum and if you think the flippening will happen, if you think Ethereum will overtake Bitcoin. So that wraps it up, boys and girls. Let's take a look at the prices before we head off. At number one, BTC, $30,795. Ethereum, $1,822. Tether, $1. Binance Coin, $284. Cardano, $1.13. USD coin, $1. XRP, $0.56. Cents. Dogecoin, $0.17. Cents. Polkadot, $11.53. And last not but least, Binance USD, $1. All right, so there you guys have it. Thank you so much for sticking around till the end. Again, this is Dave's Daily Crypto Take. These are unbiased news and unbiased updates brought to you by me every day. And if you want, you can catch me on the podcast listening forum. So you can catch me on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Uh, leave a review and rate so that you can have more and more people get more ears on it. If you're in the YouTube space, catch me at Dave's Daily Crypto Take channel. Like, share, and subscribe and help me out by hitting that notification bell so that every day when my new video comes up, you will be notified right away. And again, if you can share it amongst your social media or if you're in the Discord or Telegram with your friends, that will really help me a lot. So again, thank you so much in advance and thank you to everyone that's been supporting me throughout the whole time. So please have a good crypto day and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.